and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And on the podcast today, we have Noah Pines of Ross and Pines. He is a, an attorney out of Atlanta, Georgia, and here's, he's here to talk to us about the importance of customer service as well as processes within your business. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Welcome, Noah. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Noah, do you want to tell us a little bit about Ross and Pines, how long you guys have been around, and just a little bit about the type of law that you guys practice? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been practicing law for 25 years. I started out prosecuting cases, um, both prosecuting misdemeanor cases, and then later on in my career, prosecuting serious violent felonies, mostly child molestation and child homicide cases. And about 18 years ago, um, I decided to join Peter Ross, who was somebody I knew from college in law school, who had his own practice. He was just a one-man shop. Um, at that time, Peter did some personal injury in criminal defense, and I joined the firm, took over the criminal defense part. And then a few years after that, we added an immigration practice. So we handle personal injury cases, criminal defense cases, and immigration cases all over the state of Georgia. Nice. Yeah. Um, you are uh, in the service industry, essentially, like, you know, you sell a service, you're not, you know, selling a product, obviously. Um, and <clears throat> you wanted to talk about how important customer service is. And I believe you had a, a story that you wanted to tell. Yeah, well, there's a couple things. So one, you know, I loved being a prosecutor, because, you know, I could do what I wanted to do with the case. And as long as my boss was okay with it, I didn't really have a client, so I didn't have to explain things to, you know, a client and have to make anybody happy. I was doing my job, you know, the way that I was required to, to seek justice for the state of Georgia. When I went into private practice, you know, it was definitely a shift for me because I realized, hey, I've got a client and, you know, that client, one, um, has to come hire me and two, you know, has to be happy with what I'm doing. And that requires, you know, explaining a lot to that client. And, and sometimes it's difficult because you're explaining things that are complicated legal issues um, and you need to make sure you're explaining it to them in a way that they can understand. So, you know, over the last 18 years, one of the things, you know, that, that we've really focused on is the, you know, our, our clients, our, their customer experience, right? They have to not only understand that we're good at what we do, but they also have to to like what, who we are and, you know, feel comfortable with what we're doing for them because a lot of times they're putting their lives in our hands. So I take um, customer service really, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on it. Um, I don't screen calls. People don't talk to my assistant. You know, if they want to hire me, they talk to me. If they have a question, they talk to me. You know, sometimes it gets frustrating, obviously explaining things to people over and over again, but I think it's really important when, you know, people are hiring somebody that sell a service that they feel comfortable with the person who's providing it. You know, clients, you know, there's all these ways that clients can review attorneys. They can do it on Google. There's some other platforms that are specifically for lawyers. 
And the other day I was just kind of looking through some of my reviews that I've had over the last couple of years. And, and one popped out to me that I kind of forgotten about. And it was a really, really nice review. And it was from a woman who never hired me. Uh, we spoke on the phone. Um, her, her loved one's case was very complicated and it was going to be very expensive. And she just said, look, I can't afford you and decided not to hire me. She hired someone else. Well, about a year later, I think it was, she called me and told me what was going on with the case. And I'm like, yeah, that, that lawyer just missed the deadline. And that deadline killed the case. The, it was a, what's called a habeas petition. And you have to file it within a certain period of time. And the lawyer just didn't do it. And, um, you know, I spent some time on the phone with her and I talked to her and I explained everything to her. And then just out of the blue one day, you know, she wrote me this glowing review. And I thought that was, you know, it made me proud that somebody who didn't hire me took the time to write a review so that other people could know, you know, how I deliver customer service to my clients and their loved ones. Wow. That's, uh, that speaks volumes about you and the um, service that you guys offer at Ross and Pines, Noah. Can you talk a little bit about the, the way that reviews play into your client acquisition strategy, if at all, I mean, technically people aren't coming to you until they're in a, they're in a bad spot, right? So do you know if your potential clients are doing research, looking at reviews or if there's some other criteria they're using to get to you? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't do it probably as scientifically as I'm supposed to, you know, according to my, the people who do my web and my SEO, because they want to know specifically where they people found me. But I ask people all the time, you know, one of the questions I ask is, how did you find us? And some people say, oh, you know, uh, Julie referred me. And then I looked up, you know, your reviews online. Or some people say, well, I just was, I searched for, you know, these terms and you came up and I read your reviews. Um, I think online reviews are very important these days because even if someone comes to me from a referral, they're going to do a little bit of research online and see what people have to say about me and, and my firm. In this world, it's, it's impossible to get, it would be nice to have all five-star reviews, but you're going to get the negative review every, you know, from time to time. How do you address those negative reviews? Yeah, that's funny. There, there's a lawyer I know who, um, if somebody reviews him negatively, he just spews hatred and probably crosses the line of what he can disclose ethically and gets into a fight with these people. And, and obviously that's just poor taste. Um, I have, I think one, one star review and it's from the mom of a client who, you know, didn't get the outcome that they wanted. Um, you know, it was, I wouldn't say it's a very messy case, but he had like four messy cases. And, you know, I just, I can't remember how, I think I responded just saying, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're very upset that your son is, you know, spending, you know, a significant, significant amount of time in prison. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way. You know, I just addressed it a little bit. It, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I wasn't going to get into a, a, a fight on social media or reviews or online about it. You know, you, I think you have to address it a little bit. And then the rest is you, you just kind of end the conversation. And it's okay that I have a one-star review. I mean, people are, you know, people are going to look at it and go, okay, well, at least I know his reviews are real. He's not, you know, just putting out the five-star ones, which a lot of people do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's re bad reviews are very much a part of the world that we live in right now. And 
um, again, a testament to, to your firm that there's only one out there, but it's, it's a reality for a lot of businesses. So we might have some listeners who are um, listening to this particular episode and thinking, well, I don't know that this really applies to me because I, I'm not a law firm or I, I'm not a service um, industry. So it just in more general terms, Noah, can you talk to us about your thoughts on what makes good customer service? Like what are some practical things that, you know, other small business owners can use to really hone in and perfect their customer service skills? And can I just add on there? In addition to what makes, you know, what makes a good customer, like what makes you good at customer service, how do you instill that across your company? Yeah, well, um, good question. So, you know, to me, everybody who's calling has a problem and needs help. And there are some people who are calling that have problems that I can't help with. So, you know, one of the things I always try to do is if I'm not the right person, I will try to find them the right person. Um, if it's a case that I don't want or, or I think is not going to fit what I do, I will always try to find, you know, help for that person so that they end up in the right hands. There's no, I mean, that, that's what they're calling for help. And my job is to try to help them. So I think that's always important. And people, you know, people like that. I always tell friends, I'm like, if you have any legal question, you call me. I might not know the answer, but I will put you in the hands of the people who do know the answer. And I think that's important. Um, you know, people who call us are, are typically calling in a stressful situation. Their loved one has been arrested. Uh, you know, their loved one is, is being deported or, you know, they have been in a traumatic accident and are severely injured. And so the most important thing to me is always to, to listen to their story. And that's why I, you know, I talk to every client, every family member who wants to hire. So I understand the story first. A lot of people say, well, how much is it going to cost? You know, and, and, you know, when they want to hire me, that's the last question that we talk about. Like, I don't want to talk price until I understand everything. Um, so I can understand their story because, you know, that's, that's what they're there for. With my staff, I mean, you know, sure it happens where someone calls up and they say, um, you know, so-and-so didn't call me back or I didn't get my answer. And it's just, you know, if that happens, we just address it. Um, we're, it's really important. For me, it's really important to get back with people in a timely manner. My, my first boss, when I was a, you know, a young prosecutor, he had this great philosophy and he was like, look, we work for the people. And so if somebody calls up, you call them back and you call them back. We had a 24 hour rule that you had to call everybody back in 24 hours. And by the way, this is, you know, before there was email, so we didn't have email. Um, but it's something that my boss Ralph just instilled in me, which was, you know, you have to communicate with people and that's a big part of, of customer service. Um, so I, I try to make sure that if there is a problem, you know, with communication, with the way that somebody's being treated, that we address it you know, pretty quickly. I really don't feel like I have to police any of our employees because I think they all understand that that's just how we treat people. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, one of our founding, you know, philosophies. Noah, has anything changed with your, with your approach to customer service because of COVID-19 where we're in a less face-to-face um, -face world and a more electronic world, if you will? So the answer to that is yes and no. Um, 
a few a few years ago, I was looking for a platform to text with clients because you know every everybody likes to text today. Nobody likes to talk on the phone, and a lot of you know the millennials don't even have email or they don't use email or they don't check email. And I hear that all the time. I was like, I emailed you. They go, I, I don't check my email. And so everybody wants to text. And the problem with texting with clients, there were two problems. One is you're giving out your cell phone number. And that means, you know, a lot of people are, are have access to you 24 seven, which is, you know, something I try not to have direct access. They can have indirect access 24 seven, which I'll explain in a second. And the, the other part of it was that, you know, texting is very informal and you also can't keep those conversations unless you just keep them on your phone. There's really no way to archive them. And so I looked and looked and looked for a texting platform that was similar to email and, and couldn't find one. Um, and if you remember, like when you used to get a blast text from, you know, from somebody like that would just tell you information like the park is closed or something opens up at certain certain time. And I looked into those platforms and they weren't very good for two-way communication. And then just one day, like on Facebook, believe it or not, I see this ad for a company called Zingle. And it's a texting platform that works really just like email. So I call them up and we have a conversation and I'm like, oh my God, I've been looking for something like this. And they take my phone number, my main number, and people can text it. And um, the great part about it is that everybody in my office who has access to Zingle can see the conversation. So for example, Julie, if you and Corey use Zingle and you're out of town and somebody texts um, on something important, you know, Corey sees it right away and he can answer it. And so, um, and, and you can archive the conversations, which is great for me. So that way I can keep them forever. And if a client calls in two years and said, well, you said this in text, I'm like, no, actually, this is what we talked about. And here's the whole conversation. And so this, I started pre-COVID, um, but it really, you know, I, I and I didn't do it for something like COVID, but it allows us to communicate with clients the way that they like to communicate. And you can send videos through it. You can send pictures through it. Um, you can do everything you can through regular text and email, but it's really for the business. And it, it, really, it really helps with the customer service because I know if my partner's out of town or somebody wants a quick bit of information and I see it on my Zingle feed, I can just respond for him and vice versa. You know, we can all respond for each other and we're not duplicating effort. It actually makes us much more efficient. Interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I'm going to check that. I'm going to check them out. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about SB Pace, the small business consulting company that makes this podcast possible. SB Pace, which stands for Small Business Planning, Advising, Coaching, Expertise, focuses solely on helping small businesses and entrepreneurs. Are you looking to start a small business of your own? SB Pace can get you up and running with a solid foundation that's built to last. Are you an existing small business in a slump or just looking for ways to improve what you do? We can help with that. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? SB Pace is the partner you need. You can find out more about SB Pace and what we have to offer by visiting our website, sbpace.com. With a new piece of technology like that, Noah, how do you go about implementing the, the processes around it so that you, know, you, you implement it correctly? You know, that, that requires everybody, um, I guess, buying into it. So, and 
there are still a few people in my office who don't use it the way that it needs to be used. And so I just kind of have to lay down the law and be like, this is what you have to do. And that happens with other technology that we've implemented like case management software, where um, everybody, instead of having to write stuff on the physical file, and then you're searching for the physical file, you can take notes, you know, electronically and save it to the case file. And, um, you know, it has been, I would say that my partner is, is not, he's anti-technology, but, you know, he's not as uh, big on technology as I am. He, he did fully embrace our Zingle texting platform. He loves it. So that he's 100% in. Um, but, you know, some of the other things I try to implement to make us more efficient, uh, you know, they, they definitely take time to get everybody used to, to using it. No question about that. How big is the team at Ross and Pines? So it's my partner and I, we have, we employ six lawyers and then um, 11 other support staff um, who could be paralegal, uh, legal assistant, receptionist, um, and, you know, medical records clerk, those kind of people. So. Okay. So big enough that um, when you're implementing something new, it has to be rolled out correctly, small enough that you can address people one-on-one -on -one if you need to, if they're not following the processes. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, is everything always 100% great? No. But, you know, what I've learned is, you know, as long as you're in the 80s to 90s, then things will move on. And we actually had to do that during COVID. So I'd always wanted to put our entire server on the cloud and just kind of was, you know, putting it off. A lot of my stuff I'd already been using on you know cloud-based dropbox which a lot of people use and as soon as COVID hit i'm like all right we, we've got to get our entire server in the cloud so that everybody can work from anywhere and um it was funny because i called box which is a competitor of dropbox and they talked about implementing in like 30 or 60 days and i'm like no 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 i want to i want to do it like this week you know like i want i want you to send me this product and then either you'll move everything, migrate everything to the server, or I'll hire somebody to do it. But we're doing it this week. And they're like, well, you need all this training. I'm like, we'll figure it out. You just, you know, let's get this moving. And, and that was not, you know, that's not what they wanted to do. Um, but I'm like, look, I'm the customer and this is what we're going to do. And it was important for me to do it quickly so that we could, you know, function. And, and did you do it? Oh yeah, we did it. And it, it's great. I mean, now I think everybody's fully embraced it. Um, you know, there's definitely, there's always a little bit of a quirk here and there when you're doing something cloud-based versus, you know, having a huge server in your office. But the reality is I can now access any document from anywhere in the country on my laptop. Um, it has made me so much more efficient when I work at home because, you know, if I had something at home, then I would have to do it you know, save it here. And then when I got to the office, I'd have to make sure it got on the server. Or if somebody emailed me something, I'd have to print it out here and then make sure it got to the right file in the server. And it, it is just seamless now for me to save stuff that it goes directly into the client's file from anywhere. With all of that, like moving everything from, you know, the, the physical to digital and, and especially with COVID and everybody having to work remote for, you know, however many months it was, what kind of struggles did you have since I know that your business is a little more sensitive, like there's more laws and stuff that you need to follow than somebody who's just, you know, like us, like consultants. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the hardest part about COVID was not meeting people face-to-face in the office. And, you know, you can talk to people over the phone and you can write with people on email. But to me, especially with what I do, I like to see people. I like to understand their body language. Um, a lot of times people who come see me are embarrassed and don't want to tell me the whole story. And it's pretty easy for me to read them and, and understand that. So the personal interaction has been really hard. You know, the lack of personal interaction has been hard for me um, in communicating with clients. Um, you know, for some of my other clients, they get real, they're frustrated because we're not, we're, we're not in court and we can't move a case if we're not in court. So, you know, I've moved a lot of the easier cases and have been really, you know, I think creative in trying to get them resolved for clients. And it's been, it's been great. But the more serious cases are just sitting there and they're not going to move probably, you know, I don't think we're going to have jury trials that start up until 2021 and there's going to be a huge backlog. So, you know, people who are waiting for trials are going to have to wait a lot longer, which is frustrating. Yeah, I, it, it's interesting that you, you call out that personal interaction. I think for me personally, the hardest part of watching what's been happening over the last several months is how personal interaction has essentially gone away. Even when you're out in public right now, you see like you can be like on the trail running and people will literally divert their path to avoid any sort of closeness with other people. There's no conversation. I can remember you know, being on flights before and you would have conversation, me personally, Corey would not have, but you have, first, you have a conversation with the person sitting next to you. And now you just, you don't like the masks just silence people. And it makes it, it's just, we live, we're living in a really strange time where people don't really have that personal interaction anymore. And it's really, it's, it's kind of sad. It's really sad. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned that because yesterday on, on the flight, um, I was helping the the girl sitting next to me, but she couldn't quite figure out how the tray table worked or whatever. And she actually resorted to using like hand signals because <laughs> like, it, it was just like it, the plane's already loud and then you got masks on and you're muffled and all of that. So she just resorted to like giving me like thumbs up and pointing and like doing, she spoke English, you know, like, but it was just, that's where we're at now. We're yeah. like a SEAL team. Like, <laughs> People don't yeah, I mean, talk it, anymore. No, I, I agree. It's definitely been, um, although I, I feel like there's a lot more waving, like a lot more like acknowledging people by waving, you know, especially when you're outside, but it, it is, it's bizarre. And so last night, you know, I go to this function, which, you know, was everyone had to wear a mask, but it's right next to a park, a big park downtown. People are out. That's great. You know, like, cause you could see people who were out, which you, you know, I, I don't really see up here in the suburbs. Um, but then they're at the park with masks on and their dogs walking around when everyone has masks on, like you said. Um, but you know, I don't think it bothers the millenn- the millennials at all because they don't really communicate with each other in person anyway. But I think it bothers people like us who are used to actually talking to people. Yeah, that's true. And you know, it's it, certainly I, I think the impact that you listed, where you can't see the body language or you can't have that. The, the conversations that you're used to having is a very real um, issue for many small business owners who are used to having, you know, people 
in their stores or in their, you know, offices. And that just is not a reality anymore. So that's a challenge that, you know, is applicable to a lot of people. Is there any, um, any advice or, or tips that you could give other small business owners around the best ways to, to sort of overcome the challenges that come with, with the lack of personal interaction that's occurring, Noah? You know, that, that's a hard one. Um, I guess a lot of people are using platforms like Zoom or WebEx to at least see the people while they're talking to them, um, which, you know, you wouldn't normally do. And, uh, you know, even in my personal life, I've had a couple, you know, I'm sure you have too, Zoom, you know, meetups or not, not parties, but, you know, uh, like I had a Zoom meetup with a bunch of my high school friends and I had a Zoom meetup with a bunch of my summer camp friends and and one with some of my college friends and we probably would not well obviously we would have not have done that you know but for the pandemic and zoom and so that was kind of cool um it was a little weird to be honest with you that we're all sitting there on you know video and waiting for each other to talk but it also allowed us to connect in a way that we would have never done otherwise and that was that was fun no, we're going to start wrapping up the show here, but I wanted to give you a chance just to have the platform to say anything that you want to say, anything that's on your mind, anything that we didn't cover. Yeah, one of the things I would say for anybody who, who operates a business is you always have to be looking forward. You know, you always have to think of what are some things I can do to improve, whether that's a process, whether that's, um, you know, client service, whether it's actually the product that you deliver. There are always things you can do to improve and um, to help grow your business. And I think it's important to do that. I think that, you know, obviously the pandemic really put people in this position of scrambling to have to get that done. And, you know, simple analogy is if you own a house on the beach, um, you know, there's going to be storms that come all the time, no matter what, you know, it's, so it's important that, you know, your windows are sealed and caulked and painted and everything's taken care of. You always see the people scrambling at the last second, you know, to put up those boards on the windows to, to protect themselves from the hurricane or the storm. But the reality is if you're, if you already have a process in place and you're always looking to improve it, you'll, you know, you'll weather the storm and you'll come out, you'll take the, you know, the, the, hard, the plywood off and things will be okay. And can you tell tell our listeners how they can reach you if they happen to be in Georgia and need your services? Yeah, easy. You can text me at 404-812-4300. That's a text that comes into everybody in my office. You can look us up on the web. It's www.ross, R-O-S-S, and A-N-D, Pines, P-I-N-E-S.com. Or you can email me at Noah Pines, all one word, at rossandpines.com. Fantastic. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show today, Noah. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. And if you want to connect with us, we don't have a number that you can text right now, but we're looking into that. But you can reach out on social media. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also just head over to our websites, uh, sbpace.com or bizquickpodcast.com and connect with us there. Yes. And we would also love it if you would subscribe to the show. So just anywhere that you're listening to the podcast, just go ahead and subscribe and please like and review us. We love reviews. We love feedback, right, Corey? That's correct. 
And you can reach out to us about any kind of topics that you want to hear about, have us cover. And if you want to be a guest, there's some forms out there, fill them out and just connect with us. Also, we have a book out, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. You can get that directly on Amazon or you can click through our website and buy it that way. Thanks again. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.